welcome to the Psychoactive Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. We're going to pick up right where we left off. So if you have not listened to part one of Gray Matter with Graydon Square, check us out on Spotify, the Psychoactive Podcast. And you can also listen to every episode of our podcast at www.psychoactive.com. So tune in to experience the trip. I just realized that I was, I was doing the same thing and I was expecting different results and I didn't really give myself an opportunity to, to get a different playbook from when I was younger and I was in the system. So when you're young and in the system, there's certain things that there's a playbook. Like if somebody, you know, presses you and they're like, you know, they hit you up and it's where you from and you let them know and they don't like what you say. It's like, hey, all right, well, we got to get out. And you always have to have that in your mind about like, no matter what happens, I got to be prepared to get out with this person. Right. And so I realized that that wasn't really useful in the real world. In the real world of business and you know hundred thousand dollar deals and mostly hundred thousand dollar deals and million dollar deals of licensing and um you know wholesaling and, and design and patents and and you know trademarks and all the things that come with like actual living a really good life i was still you know, a 14-year-old kid from Compton who would fire on you if you said the wrong words to him. And that's where I needed, I felt like, all right, I need to fucking address this shit. Because, like, if I put my hands on somebody today, they're probably not going to get up or I'm probably not going to get up. So, yeah, it's better that I put myself in a situation where if I do find myself in that situation, I've explored all avenues of self-restraint. Um, and then I don't have to use it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Then I'm right. free and clear. But Right. I mean, yeah, I think that's that's what the situation is. Sure. Uh, thank you. Um, it, it really, you know, living in that state, uh, you're in that fight or flight mode, right? Um, in, on the streets or in these types of environments, um, you know, when you're not really doing the best in your life. I, you know, I grew up in Las Vegas and there was many times around many groups of people where it's like, I am not really able to be my authentic self. We'll be right back right after this short message from our sponsors. Psychoactive is a nonprofit association committed to psychedelic education and the advocacy for entheogen plants, fungi, and cacti for the millions of people around the world suffering with mental, emotional, and spiritual issues. Visit our website, psychoactive.com, for new products and services, including our advanced psychotherapy treatments and our new apparel line. Having a bad trip? Call our toll-free psychedelic hotline to speak to one of our patient consultants at 1-833-795-6633. If you get angry, you lose all rational thought. You know, if you can make your opponent, uh, you know, upset them enough and anger them enough, they really lose like 
you know, a way to rationally respond and to make quick decisions. And, you know, anger really is our worst enemy. And I think anger, I think fear as well. I think fear fucks us up pretty bad too. You know, I look back at some of the things that I learned growing up and I wish that I had learned different things. And I think, you know, LA is a place and, and Vegas is not that dissimilar. It's all the West Coast, so it has a lot of the same politics on the streets, which is like, there are certain things that are worse than, than death. And a lot of that is reputation based. And so people will do shit just based on saving their reputation. It'll get to a point where people will have, people will be out there playing the death lottery and running the streets, taking life chances and risks to go through certain neighborhoods to make a couple hundred dollars a day. Oh, for sure. It's, and to me, yeah. it just wasn't worth the risk. It wasn't worth the odds of the death lottery in L.A. don't favor me. And I wasn't willing to, to keep risking that, knowing that I had the shittiest fucking luck. At least growing up, it seemed that way. So I compound that by making a decision and staying in a place where I knew the chances of me surviving it, or at least randomly getting into some shit. So like I said, it ain't, you know, the group home politics was just an extension of the street politics. It's just that you had more people from the streets in one place. So you, instead of a household where there might be maybe two different gangs affiliated or something like that in that house, there might be five or six different gangs in that house because everybody in there is from somewhere else. So when you walk up in there, you might have five different fades coming. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Have you ever tried psychedelics? I have, yeah. actually. I've had, I've had several psychedelic experiences. So can we use psychedelics as like a fast pass um, instead of having to wait until you go through some traumatic event or hit rock bottom to realize... Uh, I need to do better and change my life or, you know, can we take psychedelics and, and kind of have these experiences and have these realizations uh, and bypass a lot of that, those things? Because most people just stay stuck until something horrible happens or until they hit rock bottom, uh, the, you know, that complacency, right? Uh, you know, with psychedelics, people are taking uh, mushrooms and having these experiences that allow them to see things differently, have a different perspective. Um, and really it, it's kind of like gives them that aha moment, you know, how, how psychedelics helped you in that way. So there's a lot to unpack there. What I will say about my psychedelic experiences, So I have to separate them, right? I've had experience with mushrooms. I've had experience with synthesized things. And <clears throat> I feel like they're two fundamentally different experiences. So I'd have to talk about, if we're talking about, 
you know, psilocybin from mushrooms and ingesting them and that experience, I feel like that was a much more tuning experience than the other experience, which wasn't bad, just different. And before I get to, I guess, how it helped me or how it might have helped me or how I suspect it would have helped me, I think I, I want to talk a little bit about the experience itself. Uh, now it's time for Trip Tales. And this week, uh, we'll be hearing from a very interesting story that kind of uh, relates what we've been talking about today. And uh, we'll be right back after Trip Tales. And I think what I experienced or took from it, but um, because I'm such a hardline creative and it's hard for me not to be creative, I feel like even in an altered state, I'm going to be creative. If I'm, if I'm on anything, whatever it's on, like I'm, it's just going to affect my creativity in a certain way. I'm just going to tune that to something. And so when I had this experience, or one of the times I had this experience, Let's say the first time. I remember becoming more in tune with the fact that I was becoming in tune with my creativity. Like I had a third person perspective of all my actions in a way that I probably never had. I was able to see my body in a way that I never really had. I was able to observe my actions in a way that I never and maybe there was a certain level of extended disassociation or maybe that was my cognitive interpretation of the experience that i was having but i knew something was happening and i was able to observe it as it was happening i was able to feel the change in sensation that my body felt um, and the things that I would observe the normal patterns and oscillations that I would normally ignore became a part of a a symphony of vibration that I was in tune with as well and I think I was able to use that and I think I got on my NPC on my computer uh, on my um, my keyboard and I started like chopping up some samples or whatnot but I also noticed it was hard to like read it in text but thankfully I can work on my NPC from just feel right I don't really need to see anything I can just move right. the dials and I know where most shit is and how to cut and chop and hit program shift you know F1 blah blah and so I was able to like observe myself 
in an altered state making music and able to contemplate from that perspective while also being at the same time creative and making like the listener and the uh creator all that you know at the same yeah. time yeah it was almost like because there's this thing with music there's a consequence that as a musician you have to just experience which is everything you do you'll never listen you'll never experience like it was your first time you'll like the way you hear a dope song that you're just like oh that song just hit me so well it's just oh like the way that people tell me that certain songs that i've done hits them i will never experience those songs in that way right it's the consequence of the creative and because of that you will chase any any uh you know medicinal or or any type of uh chemical way to reproduce that distance so that you can get that feeling of like what is it what does my music actually sound like to me if, if i wasn't the one creating it and yeah. it, it gave me that distance and so it also affected my like appetite i remember i didn't eat that whole day i didn't want to eat i wasn't interested in eating every time I thought about eating, I kind of got queasy. And so I kind of went back to kind of just doing it. And then I remember also, I got into this mode where I was looking at my records on the wall because I used to have like a bunch of records on the wall. And I would look at the records on the wall and it was like they were moving within the space that the record allowed them to move within. But every time I would focus on one, it would like freeze. And then all the ones around it would like be moving and doing things. And then I would try to focus on one and that one would freeze. And all the other ones around it would move around. And if I hadn't had this experience, I don't know if I could be able to like describe it in this, in this way. But that's what I was experiencing. And so I was like, oh shit, fuck it. I, you know. And then so I think fucking Gorgeous Squalor or, or Sci-Fi knocked on my door. And I think we were all fucking tripping together. And they wanted me to uh, come out there. So I think I, I went out there and I went outside. And I remember rolling on the concrete for like maybe 10 minutes or something like that. And it was, man, I don't know what time it was. Probably like maybe 5 in the afternoon. Um, you know, good weather. I mean, otherwise you're getting scorched in, in Arizona with that. But like, yeah, man, it was, uh, it was a pretty crazy experience. And then... I think on the on the come down, I think it was it was more of like my body started to recalibrate to where I couldn't create as much distance between the observer and the observed anymore. Um, yeah, that was the that was more or less the experience that I had the first time. Second time was a little different. It was it was similar in some ways, but different in other ways. Um, but I, I will say that that experience gave me a a deeper appreciation of like being in tune with my actual actions because I know that other people are observing me in a way that I can't really truly perceive. And as far as the other thing that you asked me about this, you know, near death experiences are really, that's a really loaded topic. And, you know, this is a community for the most part that has a very kind of, you know, secular perspective on, on reality and existence and stuff like that. 
It's not to say that there are people here who subscribe to Afterlife and stuff like that, because there's nothing wrong with that. But I think a lot of similar answers within this community would say that, and I would be included in this, I don't know what relationship that near-death experiences have with psychedelic experiences. I really don't. They could be related in some way. They could be not related at all. But I think they have to be studied independently and then also studied and see if there's some relational um, value to be recognized. But I, I don't know if there's enough information or data for me to make a comment on how one is related to the other. Right. Well, uh, and then and then I guess finally to the, the last part of your question, which is, I guess, how has it helped me? Um, yeah, I guess it would, it just, it, it changed the way that I view how other people's observe me because I'm much more aware of the, the self observer and the, the being the observed effect. Right. And never really, uh, thought of the, you know, how it can be, um, it, it kind of goes into this multiple states of reality. You know, they talk about, uh, with quantum quantum physics, are we living in infinite? There's infinite number of us in different realities. You know, what if psychedelics? You're actually getting, uh, you know, merging with some of these different, uh, you know, or being able to kind of connect on a conscious level with some of these different uh, realities. You know, I I feel that psychedelics and a lot of the things that I have uh, heard about and studied about with quantum physics it's like you know are we able to kind of see some of this quantum reality when we take psychedelics and see that universal vibration uh, that's what it, it feels to me anyways when i've done mushrooms or uh, psychedelics in the past that you kind of get in tune with this vibration of the universe or out in nature and uh you know, sometimes I think, is this really actual reality? And we don't see it uh, until we take uh, a psychedelic and kind of raise our vibration. Well, I mean, vibration is a fundamental tenet of existence, in my opinion. Um, obviously, there's some observable science to support my position on this, but I think it's still um, subjective its interpretation. I feel like vibration is one of those um, attributes of nature that is in a way a realized infinity. Um, I think it is it is constant always and probably some form of building block of existence. And so whenever, you know, my, my second experience with psychedelics had a lot to do with vibration and rhythm and all these different feelings about like, you know, the heartbeat of the universe or whatever the hell I was feeling at the time. Um, if you can be in tune with something like that, some, some, aspect of the universe, right? I think this is why people meditate the way that they do. There's a vibration, there's a frequency they seek to become in tune with. And I think it gives them peace, even if they don't obtain 
being in tune, they still obtain peace in the pursuit of it. And yeah, you know, you, you hinted to it earlier when you said, could this be a shortcut? Yeah, but I don't think that all shortcuts are great. And I think you miss a lot of the value in the journey of taking the long road. You take that scenic road, you get a lot more of the, the beauty and there's a lot more time. When you get older, man, you take slower steps and you kind of appreciate it a little bit more. You're not in such a hurry and a rush to take every shortcut. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't kind of glimp behind the curtain a little bit and, and, you know, get that existential thrill. I think we all seek it. But I also realize that when you're experimenting with these substances, I don't think it's a rush to enlightenment. I don't think it's a race to an epiphany. I don't think that's the way it works. I don't think that's what you're supposed to achieve. I think each of us have a fundamental lesson that we're all learning for whatever reason. I don't know. I can't pretend to understand why. But I think all of us have that particular lesson that we're trying to learn. I think I'm learning it now with family and attachment and, um, you know, bonding. Uh, maybe there's some existential lesson there that we're all here to learn. But Thank you for tuning into the show. Please share this podcast with anybody that you know that could benefit from this information and join us next week for another exciting episode. If you or someone you know would like to be featured on our show, please reach out. Our contact information can be found in the description. The Psychoactive Entheogens podcast is for psychedelic education and resources only and never claims to give or offer medical, health, dietary, therapeutic, or financial advice. We do not advocate, advise, or recommend the consumption, cultivation, manufacturing, or selling of any illegal drugs regulated under the U.S. Controlled Substance Act, and always recommend checking with your physician before taking any mind-altering substances.